you don't think he does, then just try him. I mean, he gives us that invitation to try me, to, to test me, to, to, to put me to the test. Amen. And when you put God to the, to the test, he is more than capable of passing the exam. <laughs> He's more than capable to pass any test. I'm thankful that we serve a miracle working God. We believe in for these miracles and uh, pray in big prayers because we serve a mighty big God. Amen. The word says he's able to do exceedingly, abundantly above all that we can ever ask or think. Just to put that down in layman's terms, amen, it means God is still able to blow your mind with what he can do. Amen. To, for, for finite minds, we, we cannot comprehend or conceive the infinite power of God Almighty. Amen. It is my prayer tonight that that infinite power would be put on display and for him to move for these needs and for him to move around these altars tonight and do a work that only he can do. If you have your Bible and return with us to the book of Jeremiah chapter 17, we're going to read one text there in verse number one and uh, go backwards to the book of Exodus chapter number 28 and read four verses there. I'd like to say good looking crowd on a Wednesday night. Appreciate you and your faithfulness to the house of God and uh, your visiting with us. Amen. You're only a visitor at Bob Way one time. After that, your family. Amen. So you just remove the visitor tag and jump in and, and have church with us and just consider yourself at home tonight. Jeremiah chapter 17, verse number 1. And it reads as this, The sin of Judah is written with a pen of iron and with the point of a diamond. It is graven upon the table of their heart and upon the horns of your altars. In Exodus 28, as God was given the commandments of Moses to, to make the priestly garments for Aaron and his son, he was talking here in verse number 15 of the, bre the breastplate of judgment and he was given the, the instructions for how that breastplate was to be constructed. And he said, Thou shalt make the breastplate of judgment with cunning work. After the work of the ephod, thou shalt make it of blue, or gold, of blue, and of purple, and of scarlet, and of fine linen. Shall thou make it four square? It shall be doubled a span. Shall be the length thereof, and a span shall be the breadth thereof. And thou shalt set in the setting of stones, even four rows of stones. The first shall be sardis and tobaz. Carbuncle shall be the first row. And the second row shall be an emerald, a sapphire, and a diamond. So we find a diamond referenced in Jeremiah 17. We find in Exodus chapter 28 a diamond is referenced. The only other time is you'll find a diamond referenced is in the reference of Lucifer in the book of Ezekiel. And I'm not going to deal with that, but I, I do want to, to look at diamonds tonight that we find here in our text, and I, I want to preach just on this thought of the Lord to help us on God's diamonds. God's diamonds, and I can look at you and tell, as Brother Jimmy Jones would say, that don't mean a thing in the world to you right now, but just hold on a little bit. Amen. It'll all come to make sense. If you will, stretch forth your hands this way. 
and ask God to help us. Father, we love you. We are so thankful for the privilege that we have to be in your house. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you, oh God, for truth. And God, the, the revelation of that truth. Truth is not a thing. It's not an inanimate object. That, uh, but truth is a person. And it is the Lord Jesus Christ. And we look unto the word. We look unto him for truth. And I'm asking, oh God, that you would help us. And enable us, God, to preach your truth tonight. Help us, oh God, as we endeavor to declare the word that you laid upon our hearts tonight. I'm asking for the unction, the anointing, the empowerment of the Holy Ghost to have no giftings, no talents, no abilities outside of you, but with you, by you, through you. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Help us now, oh God. And I pray to a work around these altars. Strengthen and encourage and edify your body. We're going to give you the praise, honor, and glory for it all. And the church says amen. amen. And amen. God's diamonds are, are God's diamond collection. In our text, we find two instances in which diamonds are used. The first time in Jeremiah 17. God, through Jeremiah, is dealing with Judah. And he told him, he said, your hearts are, are so hard that it would take a, a diamond, a sharp diamond point to be able to engrave anything on the stony tablets of your heart. Diamond was used in this context because of its great strength and because of engraving capabilities. And the second instance that we read in Exodus 28 in the priest's breastplate, God told Moses, instructed him in that uh, garment for the priest. He said, you're going to put these beautiful diamonds, your, your stones, you're going to put these jewels in there. Amen. For beauty and for glory. And one of those that was mentioned was the diamond. A diamond is one of the rarest, one of the most beautiful and precious stones that, that, that we have or that man knows anything about. And he, he said, that diamond, you're going to put it in the breastplate, it's going to be there because of its great beauty. Tonight, for a few moments, I want to liken the life and the testimony of a believer to that of a diamond. For we know that there are a few things in life more costly and beautiful than that of a diamond. But did you know that diamonds fail in comparison to the cost and the strength? Of a child of God. Because with diamonds. Every diamond. It matters not how rare. Every diamond has a price tag. Every diamond. You can go to the, the jeweler. You can find a, a price tag. Even the, the, the Hope Diamond. That I've seen. In the Smithsonian in Washington D.C. It has a price tag. It has a value. That is associated with it. And every uh, diamond. It's rated on a carat scale. It's, it's, it's rated by weight. And there's so much weight that is attributed to the cost, the, the color, the content of a diamond. But us as believers, you and I, our lives are more valuable than that of a diamond. Because you see, whereas every diamond has a price tag and man knows its value. There is no way to put a price tag on the value of who purchased the believer, the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. There's no way to put a dollar and cents price tag on that even if you could 
All the money in the world, amen, could not purchase, amen, the, 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 the value of who owns us, who redeemed us, the Lord, Jesus Christ. We're more valuable than diamonds because, amen, of the precious blood of Jesus. And we're stronger than that, amen, of a diamond because we have the almighty Spirit of God alive on us. And if we have God's Spirit, in us, then we are greater than anything that could ever be formed in this world because we've been born from above. Hallelujah. Amen. The life of a believer, it is more precious than that of even the most precious diamond. Amen. That the world knows anything about. I want to look for a few moments at the diamond. And I want to look at the formation of the diamond. There's some things. I was up early this morning studying on the diamonds. And I, I uh, things that kind of blew my mind that I was not aware of. And I want to relate and share to you from a spiritual context. And I want to first look at the formation of a diamond. In my study, and I found out that diamonds are triune in their creation. And there are three things that absolutely have to be present for a diamond to exist. The same way that God is triune in His being. Father, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Ghost. The same way that we are triune in our body, in our soul, and in our spirit. Diamonds are are also a triune. There's three things that has to be present for diamonds to exist first. There has to be carbon. Now, studying carbon, I'm not going to get in all too much of the metabolic structure, amen, of this because there's a lot of things that I learned last night. And I am not educated enough, amen, to try to give you the, the, the scientific background of all of this, but it does have a point. Carbon has to be present for a diamond to exist. And just a quick study on carbon, we're able to find that carbon is the most 15th or the 15th most abundant element in the earth's crust or makeup, and that it is the second most abundant element in the human body. By mass, about 18% of our body is made up and has carbon at its core. After oxygen, it is the second most abundant element in the human body. At its core, a diamond is nothing special. At its core, at its at its metabolic structure and makeup, a diamond is made up singularly of an element that we have in us. Carbon, the, the, the second most abundant element in the, in the human body, the, most, the 15th most abundant element in the world. Amen. There's really nothing special about carbon. As a matter of fact, every time you exhale, you are breathing out carbon dioxide. You can look, when you simplify this thing down, carbon, amen, is nothing special, amen, it's nothing outstanding or significant, but the beauty of the diamond is not in its metabolic origin, but rather its beauty becomes of what that origin is exposed to. Because you see, there's two other elements in this trinity that has to be present. That carbon uh, is just a common, uh, ordinary element. Nothing special, nothing significant about it. Uh, but when you take that carbon uh, and you uh, put it under intense heat, 
And you take that carbon and you put it under intense pressure. Something beauty, beautiful is made out of the mundane. Hallelujah. Something glamorous. Something beautiful. When you take that insignificant element uh, and you put it in intense heat uh, and you apply pressure to it, uh, something changes. Uh, something is made different. Uh, and out uh, of the common becomes the beautiful. Uh, out of the common uh, comes the glorious. Uh, for you see, that element of carbon, uh, to begin making a diamond, uh, it has to be exposed to intense heat. Uh, I found out the minimum uh, temperature needed uh, for the creation of a diamond uh, is about 2,200 degrees Fahrenheit. So, on, uh, on a hot August day, like we had this August, where we had multiple days north of three figures, north of uh, 100 degrees, times that by 22. And then you have the heat necessary for diamond creation. It, it takes intense heat uh, that this carbon is exposed to. Uh, but if you were to just have carbon and you were to just have heat, uh, amen, there would be no diamonds. Uh, there's a third element to this uh, uh, trinity uh, and it takes intense pressure. Uh, it takes carbon, it takes heat, uh, and it takes pressure. To get this process going, amen, not only do you have to have about 2200 degrees Fahrenheit of heat, uh, but, uh, amen, you need pressure that equals uh, about 725,000 pounds of pressure per square inch. I did a little bit of research last night to just put this in layman terms to help my uh, lame brain understand this. A hammer, when it hits the nail, has about 100 pounds per square inch of pressure on average. Some more, some less. I've hit my finger with a hammer. I learned enough real quick that 100 pounds per square inch of, of pressure, it's got a kick to it. It hurts. You'll find out real quick if your tongue has been sanctified or not. 100 pounds of square inch for the creation of diamonds. Uh, Diamond, you would have to multiply that by 7,250 times. It takes intense heat and it takes pressure. Amen. Out of this, to take this, this rare, or to take this uh, uh, common element and to turn it in uh, to something uh, beautiful and glamorous. Hallelujah. But when. This triune process takes its place uh, when you have the carbon, uh, when you have the heat, uh, and when you have the pressure. Uh, amen. Something beautiful, uh, something uh, uh, glamorous is made. Uh, amen. From uh, the mundane. Uh, listen to me. I, I'm, I'm going somewhere tonight. We look at the formation of the diamond. Uh, for diamonds to exist, uh, it requires intense heat uh, and it requires uh, intense pressure. Sometimes uh, we don't understand uh, while we go through the fire. Sometimes we don't understand why every day of our life it seems like it's pressure packed and day after day we're pressed on every side. Can I let you in on a little secret? Amen. Brother Eddie preached about it Sunday morning. The three Hebrew children probably did not understand why they were facing the fire either. 
They didn't understand. They're living right. They're living godly. They're praying, seeking the face of God, not compromising, not bowing down to Nebuchadnezzar, Nebuchadnezzar's image. And instead of God delivering them from the fire, God allowed them to pass through the fire. And not only did they pass through it, God allowed it to be made seven times hotter than it naturally should have been. He allowed the intense heat. Amen. He allowed the pressure. Paul may not have understood it either when in 2 Corinthians 1 and 8 he wrote, For we would not, brethren, have you ignorant of the trouble which came to us in Asia, that we were pressed out of measure above strength, insomuch that we despaired even of life. Here was a man of God, Holy Ghost filled, probably outside of Jesus, the greatest preacher to ever put on a pair of shoes, wrote more of the New Testament than any other man, but yet he faced so much pressure, and pressure that was so intense, he despaired even for his life. Amen. He might have said, God, why are you allowing this? Why am I facing the heat? Why am I facing this pressure? Oh, but we have the benefit of looking back in hindsight. Anytime you hear the Apostle Paul mentioned, anytime you hear of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, we can look back and see God allowed the heat and God allowed the pressure because he was making diamonds out of them. Hallelujah. He was making something beautiful. He was turning ordinary men. Amen. Taking just common flesh and blood and turning them into something beautiful. Something miraculous. Something to stand out. Hallelujah. Amen. Don't despise the heat. Don't despise the pressure. God's making something beautiful. God's making something glorious out of your life if you'll just allow Him to do His work. Could it be God's allowing all of this because he's making a diamond out of you? Could it be carving just flesh and blood in the hands of man is not much. You put it in the hands of God. Hallelujah. You let him put it through the furnace of adversity. The furnace. I mean the, the pressure pack him God's making a diamond out of you. I mean, you look at this in every generation. God has his diamonds. In every generation, God's made diamonds out of carbon. God's made something glorious out of the mundane. I mean, you can look in that Old Testament. Moses, Isaiah, David, time would fail me to preach their stories. In the New Testament, Peter, Paul, and Stephen. Amen. Looking past the scriptures. Amen. Throughout those Middle Ages, Martin Luther and the Reformers. Amen. Men that faced intense heat. Men that faced intense pressure. But God made diamonds. Amen. And brought them out. Amen. Time would fail to preach of Smith Wigglesworth, Jack Coe, A.A. Allen, William Seymour. Oh, I could talk about Burt Clendenin, D.R. Shortridge, Brother Tim C.D. Cauley, amen, our pastor, amen, Brother Eddie, all men who are admired and loved, all men who no doubt faced the fire, who no doubt, doubt went through pressure, amen, but in their life, God made diamonds out of them. God made spiritual giants, amen, brought them out, hallelujah, for men 
man in his image put his spirit in them and they did great things for the kingdom of God you and I may not understand why the constant bombardment of heat and pressure every day of our life but don't despair sooner or later a diamond's going to form sooner or later God's going to bring a jewel out a diamond out seal it with his glory amen and you will be the diamond of your generation hallelujah formation of the diamond look at the strength of that diamond the external strength because of the elements necessary for the formation of this diamond the diamond is among the hardest natural surfaces on the planet a diamond's hardness I learned last night that there's a scale named for a German geologist and mineralogist named Frederick Morse. And it's used to, to rate on a scale of 1 to 10 the hardness, the strength of Earth's minerals. And diamonds rank 10 out of 10 on the scale. It's one of the hardest known objects that you can find on planet earth. As a matter of fact, the word diamond comes from the Greek word adamos. And in the Greek, that means to be invincible and indestructible. Hallelujah. Yeah. Can I tell you something, church? A Christian that won't quit. A Christian that takes hell's best blows and punches and don't compromise and don't doubt God and maintains their victory. He or she is indestructible to hell. Hell can try. Hell can shoot us full of arrows. But no weapon formed against us is going to be allowed to prosper. And every tongue that rises against us in judgment, God, amen, shall condemn. Hallelujah. Amen. There's great strength. Amen. This form through the fires and the pressures of adversity. Amen. You see, amen, for some elements like steel, Amen. It has to pass through the fire. Amen. Because fire tempers it. Fire hardens it. And it's much stronger after the fire than it was in its natural state. I can tell you adversity. Nobody likes it. But adversity tempers us. Adversity strengthens us. The fire and the pressure. Nobody likes going through that season. But it makes us tougher. It makes us harder. Hallelujah. It makes us absorb the blows of hell. And after a while, when hell throws its best shot at us, when hell throws its biggest test, and when we don't quit, when we don't compromise, hallelujah, amen, we are as strong as a diamond. Thank God there's great strength when we come out on the other side. The external strength of a diamond, one of the hardest surfaces. On planet earth. But to be able to understand. The external strength. You've got to know. That it's made possible. Because of its internal bonds. Oh God help us tonight. The secret to a diamond strength. Is not external. It's internal. It's what's below the surface. It's what's on the inside. To be able to understand why diamonds are so strong, you've got to examine the 
atomic structure and the unique properties that they contain. Diamonds are comprised of carbon atoms arranged in a crystal lattice. Right on time, Brother Eddie. Don't sit down. <laughs> Payback for Sunday morning. All that time you're pushing on me and knocking me down, I could do the same thing to you right now that I want. <laughs> you see, when a man stands against himself, against the attacks of the enemy, he can spend his whole life just fending off the assaults and make no progress because he's fighting in his own strength. And in his own power. Right. We're limited. In what we can do. As individuals. But within a diamond. When you get down to the molecular structure. Of a diamond. It's made up at it's core. Of not one. Not two. Not three. But four bonds. Of carbon atoms. Meaning. What he can withstand. And withhold. He's limited in what he can do. But at its core. Brother Danny. Brother Dave. Brother Joe. If you'll help me just for a second. Stand if you can in the square behind each other. The oak arms. When you look at a diamond under a microscope. This is what you'll see you'll see four bonds that are bound together. So now, when the enemy comes, he's not fighting against one. There's three others, just as big and just as bad. And when that heat and that pressure is applied, I ain't going to make you get any closer than that. <laughs> and all God's people said amen. <laughs> but those atoms, they are pressed and fused together. Where there is no space in between them. And that heat and that pressure binds them together. Hallelujah. And that, that bond is reproduced a billion times over in a carat diamond. Hallelujah. A billion, an, an average carat of a diamond has a billion of those bonds back to back, fused together by intense heat and pressure. Hallelujah. Amen. You see, the strength of a diamond is not anything external, but it's what's below the surface. When we bind together and when we yoke together, its great strength comes from its unity. Hallelujah. When we are fused together. So now, when hell comes, amen, I just can't push one man around. I've got four. Amen, that's fighting back. You can be, I'm done. You've got four that's fighting back together. Amen, there is strength in numbers. Hallelujah. If one can put a thousand to flight, then two can put ten thousand. What can four do? Amen, I'm telling you folks, there's greater strength in us than a diamond because we're not just, amen, molecules, me Aaron and around, but we are blood-bought redeemed children of God, and we've been jointly fit into the body. When the devil comes against one, he shouldn't be just coming against one, but he should have the whole church fighting back against him. Hey, hallelujah. I need you, and you need me. We need each other as we stand united. That is more valuable than any diamond on the planet. 
David, in Psalms 133, verse 1, Behold, how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. You look up that word pleasant in the Hebrew tongue. Pleasant here means lovely, goodly, or beautiful. When the church stands together in unity, I can tell you it's more beautiful than any diamond. Hallelujah. There's more beauty in the body of Christ. Amen. When we stand together, united, in one mind and one accord, fused together. Amen. What does that heat and that pressure do? It takes those four molecules and it bonds them together where there's no space, where there's no divisions, where there's no schisms between it. And they are eternally fused together. Amen. Folks, that's the way the body of Christ should be. When we're born again, we get fused in this body. Where no matter how hard you pull, no matter how hard you try to separate, you can't separate that bond. It becomes eternal. Oh, hallelujah. When we're born again and birthed in the kingdom, we should get so ingrained in the kingdom and the kingdom gets so ingrained in us that nothing hell can do to separate us. Amen. Because we're fused together in the body. I don't have time. Amen, I wish I did. Amen, the, the strength of that diamond is not anything external, but it's what's below the surface. I can tell you, folk, the strength of a Christian is nothing external, but it's about not what has been birthed in us, but who has been birthed in us. Hallelujah. You have to go down below the surface to find the internal strength of the believer. Hallelujah. And when we, when we walk in God's power, God help us, we are just as strong as He is. And my own power, I'm a weakling. I can't accomplish anything. But when I walk in His power, and His power is in me, if I have, His, if I have the Holy Ghost in me, then I have the power of God alive on the inside of me. And spiritually speaking, amen, when that transpires, uh, amen, if his strength is in me, uh, he's given me his power. He's given me his strength. Uh, he's given me his ability. Uh, I have no excuse for losing. I have no excuse for quitting. Amen. I'm as strong as God is. If his power is alive on the inside of me, our source of our strength is not external. Oh, it's what's been birthed in us. It's who has been birthed in us. I want us to look very quickly now past the formation, past the strength, but the character of the diamond. I found this to be very interesting. But diamonds are like snowflakes and fingerprints. No two are identical. Hallelujah. It has to do with the formation. It has to do with the background. It has to do with how much heat, how much pressure, how much carbon, amen, how much of the elements it has been exposed to. Some have undergone higher heats. Some have undergone more pressure. But each diamond tells a unique story that only it can tell. Hallelujah. Amen. Each diamond has its own shape. It has its own color. And it has its own shine. I can tell you folks in God's inventory. In God's diamond collection. No testimony is identical. 
Everybody has their own story, their own tragedy, their own triumphs that are unique to themselves. But just because your story is different than mine, it does not mean yours is less beautiful than mine. Or mine is more beautiful than yours. But our diamonds tell a story. It's a testimony that we've been through hell, that we've gone through the fire, that we've been through the pressure, but we made it out victorious. My God, on the other side, hell didn't kill us. And hell didn't stop us but we made it out on the other side by the grace of God and God formed a diamond that he can show off for the world to display that not everybody's going to compromise not everybody's going to hell but there is a remnant there is a church and she is as beautiful as a diamond the testimony of the diamond is that it survived You see, throughout the prayer, we'll get into this in just a minute. I can't get ahead of myself. But there's a lot that doesn't survive the process. There's a lot, whether the heat gets too hot, whether the pressure gets too tough, they succumb to the elements and they die casually. Amen. But the testimony of the diamond is that it survived. The testimony of the diamond is that it made it through. Hallelujah. When you come to the house of God and you lift up your hands and you tell your testimony, amen, it is a testament that hell fired its best shot. It did everything that it could to have another notch on its belt, another member on its roll. But hell don't have all of us. Hell doesn't have all of us. There's some that makes it through the test. There's some that makes it through the fire. There's some that makes it through the pressure. And a diamond is thorn in our soul. Hallelujah. Character of the diamond. There's character in your testimony. That's why it is so important to tell your story. To tell your story. What are you doing? You're uncovering a diamond and putting it on display for the world to see. What value? This ain't a nose, but what value would it be to put the Hope Diamond that's valued at $350 million. What value would it be to put it in a box and put it in a safe? If nobody could see the color, if nobody could see the brilliance, if nobody could see it in its glory, Amen. What good is the Hope Diamond if it's hid in a vault? Amen. But no, something that beautiful is put on display for all of the world to see. I have seen it. Took a picture of it. Stood right beside it. Amen. It's put on display so that the world can see its beauty and its value. Your testimony is the exact same way. God didn't save you for you to just keep your story to yourself. Oh no. He made a diamond out of you so that you can show off the value of what God can do in somebody's life. Amen. Don't hide your candle on a bush, but put it on the lampstand for the world to see that God is still making diamonds out of messes. That God is still making testimonies out of the worst of situations. He formed you. He made you. Let your diamond shine. Every time you tell your testimony, it's like unveiling the hope diamond and showing it off for the world to see. Right. Not bragging about what you've done, no. Bragging about what God has done. Yeah, right. Amen. Amen. The character of the diamond is great. 
You know, I found out last night, never heard of this before. Maybe it's just my, my ignorance. I don't know. Some of you ladies may have heard of this. Did you know that now because of the diamond market being what it is and not being able to keep up with the demand, that now they are creating diamonds in labs. They're taking carbon, which is the structure of a diamond when it's formed. They're putting it in an airtight lab room, putting it through intense heat, putting it under intense pressure exactly like a natural diamond is formed. And then sometimes as quick as a day in 24 hours, sometimes in as much as a week, that they have a diamond that can be as large as a natural diamond mine from the earth. To the naked eye, from a distance, they can look the same. They can look just as large. But when you begin to examine the characteristics of that lab diamond, something quick, easy, something man-made, when you begin to match it against the beauty of that which took time, that, that come from nature, there's different growth patterns which can be easily detected. The glitter doesn't glow as much as the natural. On the inside, there's fault lines and there's cracks that can be uh, ascertained that you won't find in the natural element. While some synthetics out of the lab come out with very high grades, natural diamonds cost 60 to 90% more than that that's been engineered in the lab. And not only do they have more value, but they hold their value for much longer. I found this very interesting. Lab-generated diamonds, they decrease in value as the years go by. Whereas natural diamonds... They increase in value as the years go by. Listen, you can try to pull yourself out of the fire and out of the pressure and try to cut down on the process. Amen. You can try to circumvent God's way and try to find an exit ramp. But I can tell you it's going to be a lot better. Your shine's going to be a lot greater when you go through things God's way. Hallelujah. And your value is going to be much more valuable when you go through the fire, when you go through the pressure. And you're going to hold your value for a lot longer. While as the natural quick fix, it decreases in value. Honey, you're going to hold your value throughout all of eternity. Hallelujah. You're going to be as eternal as God is and just as valuable. Hallelujah. Amen. In His eyes. Amen. Don't try to circumvent and, and, uh, and shortcut the process. Submit to the process. Submit yourself under the mighty hand of God and He will exalt you in due season. And when He lifts you up, amen, you will be a diamond in His eyes. I found this. I'm hurrying. I wish I had more time to preach. Didn't know this. Diamonds are excellent thermal conductors meaning they can't efficiently transfer heat 
from one to the from one amen state to another. This makes them valuable in various industrial applications, semiconductor and electronic devices, where they're used to dissipate heat and to extend the lifespan of certain components. Amen. I found out in studying that they are five times better of being a conductor than copper and twice as strong and good than that of silver. Never knew that. Never knew the thermal capacity of diamonds. Amen. But can I tell you, it is the will of God for us to be conduits through which the glory of God flows. Hallelujah. It is the will of God for us to be connected to the power source, for us to be baptized in the Holy Ghost and with power, and for the Holy Ghost of God Almighty to flow through us in the same way that a diamond can transfer heat from one state, amen, from one object to the next. God expects us, amen, to be conduits through which the glory can flow, amen, and us take the fire of the Holy Ghost and share it with the lost and dying world that's Cold and indifferent, and in the same way that a, a diamond is a thermal, good thermal conductor, we are called to be such instruments in this hour. The diamond's detriment. I don't have time to preach it all tonight. But the diamond is nearly indestructible. And I say nearly, because if you were to try to take something and scratch up a diamond, I've already mentioned on a scale of 1 to 10 from the Moore's scale, it ranks a perfect 10. Meaning they're not easily scratched. They're not easily buffed. But I found out that one of the few things that can scratch a diamond surface is another diamond. Is another diamond. In fact, when a diamond is mine and it goes to a jeweler oftentimes they cut that diamond with diamond tip saws which is one of the strongest saws that there is because any other saw that diamond would eat up the blades and it would be ineffective at cutting it but they found out to be able to cut that diamond into pieces, it required another diamond. It required another diamond. A gemologist splits diamonds by using other diamonds. You hear me, folks? We better be careful with how we handle other Christians. Because one of the only things that can damage a diamond another diamond I've seen a lot of people destroyed in the kingdom not by the devil but by other people in the kingdom a diamond's detriment can be found when one diamond attacks another diamond don't let that ever be said about you be careful how you talk about other believers be careful about kicking a brother or a sister when they're down. That's right. Amen. Because you see, when a diamond attacks another diamond, it damages their stone, but it also damages yours. Yeah, that's right. And all you're doing 
is destructive. One another's glory. All you're doing is stealing the glow from each other. I mean, a diamond's detriment is another diamond. I'm closing with this. Carson, if you'll help me, I'm done. I read this last night. I about shouted in the living room. I, I say last night, early this morning. But Malachi 3, verse 16, says, Then they that feared the Lord spake often to one another. And the Lord hearkened and heard it. And a book of remembrance was written before him for them that feared the Lord and they that thought upon his name. And God is speaking here in Malachi 3.17. And he said, And they shall be mine, saith the Lord, in that day when I take up my jewels. God likened the faithful remnant to jewels in Malachi 3, 17 and 18. Hallelujah. And he said, there's going to be a day when I'm going to take up and I'm going to make up my jewels. Amen. There's going to be a day when I'm going to take inventory. I'm going to take account. Hallelujah. And I'm going to call them home. Amen. It doesn't specifically say diamond right there in that text. But you hear this preacher. There is coming a day, Brother Eddie, when God's going to call his jewels home. Amen. <laughs> when he's going to step out on the clouds of glory. Amen. When the last trump of God is going to sound, the dead in Christ are going to rise first, and then we which are alive and remain are going to be called up. Amen. Together to meet them in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Amen. What's God going to do? Amen. He's going to take inventory of his diamonds. He's going to take inventory of those that didn't quit, that didn't give up, that hell didn't knock them out, but those that survived the testing, those that survived the pressing, those that survived the heat-filled days and nights. Amen. God sees. God knows. Amen. He knows right where you are. He knows your load limit. And you can rest assured if God knows. Amen. There is going to come a day when he's going to take inventory and he's going to call his home. And those jewels and those diamonds, amen, are going to be transported from the earthly realm to the heavenly realm. Hallelujah. And I know heaven is going to be a beautiful sight. You can read for yourself about the 12 jewels, amen, that's going to make up the city, about the foundations that are going to be there. Oh, but can I tell you, it's going to fail in comparison to the diamonds that's going to stand before God Almighty, that's been blood-bought, that's been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb, because we're not standing there in our value. We're reflecting the value of the one that purchased us, the one that redeemed us. Hallelujah. I'm longing for the day when God gathers his jewels home. Stand with me all over the building. Hallelujah.